0: Hello, is this thing on? Welcome back to another Energy 101 episode. You are here with three of the women from Digital Wildcatters, this is your one-stop shop for all the dumb questions that you may be afraid to ask about the energy industry. I am Sydney, I am joined by Misty and Julie. and today's guest of honor is Deborah Sakri from Auburn Energy. Welcome Deborah. Thank you. Yeah, do you want to give us a little rundown of your background and what you do for Auburn? Um, well, I am Auburn. It's, you, oh. a com- it's a company of one. Perfect.
1: I have Love been it. out on my own and consulting in the oil industry for over 30 years. Wow. But I went to the University of Oklahoma. Boomer sooner. I thought you were going to say Auburn. <laughs>
0: but,
1: uh, everyone thinks uh, it's for hair color, and and I yes. know. Yes. Surely, got it. Surely, mm-hmm. but surely, I'm going pink instead of Auburn. But that's okay. I get re Auburn oh, next week. Um, I went to the University of Oklahoma and got a degree in geology, awesome. and promptly went out and started working for a large major at the time, which was Gulf Oil, um, in the late 70s. So do the math. I just turned 70 years old. Um, and, uh, since then I've worked for major companies, minor companies, small companies. And, and finally I just said to heck with it. And I went out on my own.
0: Good for Mm -hmm. you. And
1: I started Oklahoma city, did a stint in Dallas, and then moved my way down to Houston.
0: We just visited Oklahoma city for the first time last week for one of our events. And it was lovely. We had the best time.
1: Now, you probably went to Bricktown, right? Did you go to Bricktown while you were, or in downtown? Were you in downtown? A little bit.
0: So our event was in Uptown, I think, kind of like a little quirky area. Mm -hmm. It was great. We stayed nearby, and then we kind of bopped around town when we had some downtime, but all of us were very pleasantly surprised about how great it was, Mm -hmm. and now we all can't wait to go back.
1: Well, I'll be going in October because I'm giving a talk at a convention up there. Nice. So on machine learning. Gosh. Oh,
0: perfect. Mm-hmm. Um.
1: Uh, so, you know, it's it's been one of those ups and downs. The industry has mm-hmm. its good points and bad points, but yeah. I've survived. And about seven years ago, well, we built a house out in the country mm-hmm. and I put my office out there in the house. We moved three days before Hurricane Harvey.
2: Oh, wow. Oh, that was real
1: fun. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, but that's- Were the- you out? So you were out of Houston- we were the main we, so area. we
1: had four moving trucks, 450 boxes, a piano mover, and <laughs> they were checking the generator literally when it started raining. Oh. Wow, oh, man. man. So, fortunately, the house we had here in town didn't flood. Good. the good, People good. were lucky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, we had to come back into the office. We'd been in the same office space. My husband and I share an office. And we haven't killed each other yet, which is pretty amazing. It um, is amazing. But, but we had some stuff left in the office and we were making trips back and forth to pull out the last of the stuff in the office. And it was pretty grim. Wow. I bet. So, Oof. but you know, I love what I do. So. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, then let's dive into it.
2: Yeah. So let's start with, first of all, the first question, an introduction to seismic data. What is it? And um, why is it important to energy? Well, that's
1: a really good question. Um, so basically, seismic data is what, uh, what geologists and geophysicists use to image the Earth. Mm-hmm. And, and what they do is it's basically sound waves that they send into the Earth that bounce off different layers of rock. And if it's really hard rock, it bounces and gives you one kind of signal. And if it's really soft rock, it kind of slowly bounces and gives you another kind of signal. But it's when they accumulate all those signals and put them back together in processing uh, that you have a visual image of the layers of rock in the earth. Kind of like like sonar would be bouncing off the things in the ocean, Mm -hmm. Um, the sound waves, the energy that they put into the earth, and they can do it through different means. In the ocean, they use what they call air guns, mm-hmm. uh, which which send a big booming kind of reflection down into the ocean. On on land, they use big vibra-sized trucks that have a plate that goes down on the ground and sends a big vibration into the ground. Mm-hmm. So and, mm-hmm. and then they can use dynamite. They drill little holes, oh. they th- throw dynamite charges in, And blow it up, and then that sends a signal down into the ground. So there's many different ways of of collecting the information. Is
2: that Wireline? Like, does Wireline usually send that? No. Is that who gets the seismic data? No. No, That's completely different. We
1: have, well, there's power sources, and then they have receivers. Got it. So they put these out in an array on the ground. And the power source, of course, sends the signal then Mm -hmm. to the ground, and the receivers pick up the signal as it's coming back out. Okay. Mm. And and it comes out in waves because it's going deeper and deeper and deeper and bouncing off different layers of rock. So they're constantly recording and picking it all up, much like when you see an earthquake, the little needle that goes back Mm -hmm. and forth. Well, this is a sound recorder that's picking up vibrations coming back from the earth. And it's processed, and then it comes out what – in the old days, it came out on paper. And we'd have to look at all these little wiggly lines. Kind of
2: like a, <laughs> it's like another language. Can, like yeah, right. like, out, you <laughs> like know. An EKG machine. It would be right. yeah, very similar. Yeah.
1: yeah or, or the earthquake things. But imagine, imagine if you're recording an earthquake and it just keeps happening and happening and happening. That's what we would look at. And we'd interpret that and understand based on wells that have been drilled. We mm-hmm. could tie back and, and correlate the signals to specific formations in the earth. And that's how we were able, that's how we're able to map the subsurface. So without seismic data, we really would have stopped finding a lot of oil and gas years and years and years ago. Mm. That was gonna
0: be my question. So typically the importance of using seismic data is to traditionally to find where oil is. Right,
1: oil and gas. Great. And you know, there's, in the state of Texas, there's been somewhere over 2 million wells drilled. Jeez but but the state of texas Mm -hmm. is so big there are huge expanses where there's no well information Mm -hmm. so the seismic is basically your interpolation between well control which is your hard data Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. you
1: know what's in the well right because you've got the layers of rock right Mm -hmm. but you are having to guess what's happening between this well and this well and this well and Mm -hmm. seismic helps
2: us do that great so you do you usually start the process of drilling with seismic data like you have to have that first layer Going to a geologist, tell me what's underground. Right. right.
1: Well, you know, and that's that's where the roles between geologist and geophysicist have started to merge. Oh. Mm-hmm. Before seismic, it was the geologist who was doing the mapping, who was interpolating what was what, what they were seeing in the wells. Mm-hmm. Okay. When seismic came along, um, the geophysicist, which is the person who learned how to read all the signals, right, uh, started making their version of maps and. Of course, when you send a signal into the earth, and it comes back, they measure it in time. Wells are measured in depth. Mm-hmm. So for a long time, it was, it was hard for them to take the time maps and make sense of them to correlate to the depth maps. Mm-hmm. And so over the years, the geologist's role and the geophysicist's role have kind of merged to where now we just kind of use the term geoscientist mm-hmm. right. to combine mm-hmm. both of them. My degree may be in geology, but most of my career I've worked in the geophysical side, right? interpreting the seismic data.
0: This is perfect mm. timing because we have a podcast right after this that is more of a general geology, geoscience 101. So these mm-hmm. are going to be yeah. perfectly paired. Good, mm-hmm. cool. So I feel like this might be our first dumb question. When you're capturing seismic data, what exactly goes into the earth? Is it? I'm picturing it like a la- like a laser. No, it's 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 you know um, it's like sonar. So it's, it's a sound.
1: It's, it's just it's sound or like
0: vibration. Yes. Vibration. It's yeah.
1: it, that's it. Mm-hmm. It it a big machine. Well, that's where the vibrasize yeah. machine or okay. the dynamite. Okay. Uh, oh. And in my world, dynamite, there are yes. no dumb questions or only dumb <laughs> answers. <laughs> so feel like that you can ask me anything, and if I'll let you know if I think it's a dumb answer.
0: <laughs> Maybe we can find a good graphic of. What the what it, looks Yeah, like. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So well, they roll it out, and it's a turn big, on it's a big and... truck. Okay, it's a huge, massive
1: truck that probably weighs forty thousand pounds. Wow! And they put this big, thick steel metal plate on the ground to the extent that they they pour, they put it pulls the truck up. It's literally supporting wow. itself on this plate, mm-hmm. so that they have all the weight and the force of that truck when it sends its signal, and it sends it sends out. Um, signals in decibels mm-hmm. or in hertz M- much like what you guys are doing in recording and right. you're looking at the sound you know mm. you you know the decibels you know the hertz mm. it's that kind of information that's going into the ground and coming out and being recorded and they put the recordings on these massive tapes much like like a, a, a videotape would mm-hmm. be mm. and then then they process it yeah and the processing is what brings the squiggles to
2: light mm-hmm. so In the past, like what are some of the common challenges besides like the geophysicists, geologists, like that misinterpretation of the different types of data? Are there any other common like struggles whenever you're trying to read the data or gather the data? And it's very interesting that you've been in the industry since the 70s because I'm sure it's changed. A oh, lot, massive, so massive. It'd be interesting to go back into the past and like, what was it like then? Like, how hard was it?
1: Um, you know, it's one of those things that as you get older, you look at someone and you say, "I never want to be that age again. <laughs> 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 I never want to go back." <laughs> so what we had to do right. when we were when we were working, you know, in the early in the seventies and eighties, um, the one of the biggest things and and which really revolutionized the industry is when they first started acquiring seismic data they only acquired it along a straight line
0: mm-hmm.
1: they would put rows mm-hmm. of re- they would put receivers in, and out and power sources out and they collected it in one straight line interesting which is good unless you want to know what's on this side of the line yeah. what's mm-hmm. right right. <laughs> right a lot more ground to cover yeah, yeah a lot more ground to cover and and so in the i want to say about the mid 80s um the big company, like Exxon and Chevron, um, started experimenting with what would happen if we laid rows and rows and rows and rows of straight line out mm-hmm. and then processed it all together. Mm-hmm. And that became three-dimensional seismic. Mm. So now you're not looking at just a slice of the Earth. You're looking at a cube of the Earth. Mm-hmm. And that helped us, I mean, it just it revolutionized and, and changed the industry all over the world when we could see now in three dimensions
0: right. instead mm-hmm. of two dimensions. Mm-hmm. That seems like it was a huge deal. Yeah, It's a, it's
1: a darn big <laughs> yeah. <deal. clears throat> and then in the 90s, um, so at first only the big companies could afford to do that. So they held all the licenses for the big 3Ds they were shooting, including marine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then in the 90s, the technology improved so much that the little guys started getting hold of 3Ds and doing their own thing. And so now... Um, When you're putting a prospect together and you're trying to convince people that you want to drill a well, if you basically don't have seismic to show or a 3D Mm -hmm. on how you triangulated all the well information in, then you're not going to be able to get your well drilled. Mm -hmm. Right. Because everyone's used to that technology now. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That
0: kind of leads into kind of the second part of our discussion in seismic data now that we're kind of in this digital age. You touched on it before how much like an e um what's it called an e EKG? artificial is an ekg the ekg heart oh, monitor yeah mm-hmm. so much like an ekg machine i'm picturing it back in the old days printing out paper just a ton of lines, lines right. that someone would right. physically have so nowadays i'm assuming it is all digital all on a digital computer. on the computer you know i've got three screens it
1: looks like the mm-hmm. control board to the uss enterprise in my office <laughs> <laughs> right. um, but you know um and one reason why i do bifocals instead of uh, uh, where they transition mm-hmm. is because when you don't when you have the transitional ones you lose your peripheral vision so bifocals because I'm looking at what's going on this screen, what's going on this screen, mm-hmm. what's going on this screen. I would like to keep my peripheral vision right. as yeah. precise as I can. I just a, a little nuance to throw in there, but <laughs> um, but no, it's all digital. And mm-hmm. you, you sit there in front of a workstation and look at squigglies all day long. All day. Uh, <laughs> color, I, right. I like to look mine in color. And that's where the machine learning part of it's come in because the machine learning is definitely in color. Right. Because you're picking up all these different patterns in the earth and you want your eyes to pick
0: up on unique patterns. So Mm -hmm. it's all in color. Mm -hmm. So speaking of machine learning, before we dive into how seismic data is leaning into machine learning now, you gave us a great example of what machine learning is. Can you repeat that?
1: Well, you know, we live with artificial intelligence. Right. All of our, I mean, now every day. And a good example of Okay, so machine learning, you have a training data set mm-hmm. that the machine learns from, okay? And then when it learns from that training data set, it can go out and do different things uh, to, to enhance that training data set. So a good example that I mentioned earlier is you buy something on Amazon, okay? And so later on, you're cruising through the internet, and a pop-up ad comes in, and gosh, it's the thing that you just bought. <laughs> or People who bought this also bought this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you become the training data set. Those get me every time. Mm-hmm. You become the training data set for Amazon.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're learning what you like, what, you're, what you like color-wise or what you like cooking-wise. I mean, I make a mistake of going to All Clad and buying a pot. The next thing I know, every <laughs> cooking device in the world comes up on my yep, yep. So, So that's a really good example of how our everyday lives are affected by machine learning and artificial intelligence. So now we're taking that training data set and making a 3D, the training data set, and having the machine go in and see things inside that seismic data that our eyes and our brains are not picking up. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's a huge enhancement, another great technology change. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. When did that start shifting?
1: Gosh, well, of course, machine learning's been around for a long time, mm-hmm. and AI has been around a long time, especially in like the medical industry right or Wall Street. pattern recognition, mm-hmm. cluster yep. analysis, all that kind of stuff's been there for a long time. It really has only been applied um, to the extent that we're using it now in the seismic data industry, mm-hmm. probably for the last fifteen years. okay, And it's being slow to catch on because people are going, well, I've been doing it this way for 40 years. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I want to switch over and do it this way.
0: I'm mm-hmm. sure the people that were reading the physical papers said the same thing mm-hmm. when it was all going. To yes, well,
1: most, most <laughs> assuredly. So, so it's been a slow to adopt kind of mm-hmm. technology. But in, in my world, or what I say to people is I say, look, all the easy stuff has been found.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We've got seismic literally covering the world. And people have hammered over the same 3Ds for 20 years, trying, trying in their brains to see something new. You're going to have to apply a new technology to be able to see anything new. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's,
2: that's a good point. That is a good point.
1: I mean, that's where we're coming.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of people ask me, well, you know, if machine learning is so good and it's helping you find oil and gas that much easier, will it replace the geologist or geophysicist? And a lot of people can be replaced by machine learning. Right. I mean, look at robotics and, and all the automation they're doing in the oil mm-hmm. field. And mm-hmm. that would be another really good podcast Yeah. Uh, for you guys. Um, but you still have to interpret what the computer gives you.
2: Right. And
1: so you have to have a knowledge of the subsurface, which the machines don't. They're just giving you colors and patterns. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. They don't know what it means. Right. You have to understand what it means. And you're tying mm-hmm. into all the well information, too. Mm-hmm. So you still have the upper hand when it comes to the machine learning in the seismic world. I mm-hmm. feel
2: like we hear that a lot right now with AI. AI has just hit it like a huge bubble. Like everyone's talking about AI and everybody's worried about their jobs getting taken. But I look at it as enhancing mm-hmm. mm-hmm. your like you can put out so much more with the help of AI. Right. And I'm sure it's the same way. You can just do your job better yeah. and mm-hmm. more efficiently. So you have other you have more time to do other things.
1: Well, when the computer's cranking on something in my office, I go in and put on a pot of soup. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're multitaskers, Yes. So, so no, no, it's, you're you're totally right there. But but again, the machine doesn't know anything except what it's coming back with information, right. and it's up to the humans mm-hmm. to understand what that information means and how right. to apply it.
0: Right? Are there challenges with the accuracy of it, or once it kind of gets rolling and it's testing? The test group of the data is there. Obviously, I'm assuming the person on the other side that's interpreting it is giving feedback, hey, this might not be accurate, but are there ever concerns with that? How, how is that proactively – that's what I'm looking for. I'm assuming when they give the training data set, is it already accurate? So, yeah. Reliable. That's, yeah, reliable. That's re- yeah that's reliability. A, that's, a,
1: that's a real excellent question Um, because and, – and I'll show this in some of my – slides in the PowerPoint later on, but but so the, the stuff that I'm doing, mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking at timing. Okay, so seismic data comes back to you in time. How much time does it take to go down to this reflector and bounce back? Okay, mm-hmm. so for 60 years, we have been interpreting in the time domain. Mm-hmm. And and it's been, okay, you have you have a wiggle that goes this way, which means a hard rock, and a wiggle that goes this way, which means a soft wa- rock, and a wiggle that goes this way. But we know that there's a lot of stuff happening between the, the two pieces of hard rock. Mm-hmm. And now with the machine learning, we're breaking it down into smaller and smaller pieces. Mm-hmm. Statistically, the computer can do that. Our eyes cannot. Can't. Right. Mm-hmm. So now we're seeing finer and finer detail that we've never been able to image before. And so the 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 problems arise with the well calibration. Okay. okay. When when you're looking at just a, a wiggle going this way and a wiggle going this way and a wiggle going this way, and you've got a well right here, you've got a lot of slop. Right. But when you start breaking down mother nature into very concise beds, mm-hmm. then then the tie of the time to the dip has to be very accurate, mm-hmm. and if you're if you're not tied to the well accurately, then you can misinterpret what the patterns mean, and gotcha. and and lose what could be a good oil and gas right. opportunity into something that may be a wet sand or something like that. So right. so the critical point when you're when you're dividing the time up into smaller increments statistically is is how accurate are your well ties? Right. And, and the change of rocks, the change from, say, sandstone to shale to limestone to sandstone, um, all create what they call velocity variances in the ground because the signal will go through a limestone much faster than it will mm. go through a gas-prone sandstone.
0: Interesting. Mm. Okay.
1: So a good way to test uh, how we see gas, okay, the next time you have a chance, get a a really nice crystal glass and fill it with water and then use a fork on it to hear that's the sound. Ding mm-hmm. ding ding ding. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then drop um an alka seltzer in there. Give it about fifteen or twenty seconds and then hit that t- Ping again and it'll go thud, 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 thud. Wow. We should do that. We should yes. do that. No, it, it's very, it's a, I do this, you know, for when I, when I speak at uh, like junior highs or for kids or something like that. <laughs> like for us right no, now. No, no, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. But, but, but it's a, and, and I had, I was doing that, I was doing that experiment one time and a guy in the audience said, well, that's how I tell my scotch and soda from my scotch and water. <laughs> I'm going, well, I've never tried it with scotch. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. uh, Alka Seltzer works really great. But very it does, it changes the sound in the rock. And that's how we interpret we That is very We mm-hmm, interpret mm-hmm. that when it's processed and comes back to us, we can see that change in velocity. We can see that change from the ting to the thud. Right. The mm-hmm. difference between a wet sand and a gas sand.
2: I have a side mm-hmm. note really quick. I feel like geologists don't get enough credit for mm-hmm. how cool their job is. Like you hear, I don't know, astronauts, they're they're exploring something that we right. can't see. They're out in space. Same in the ocean. Right. Like, you're exploring something. But, like, geologists don't get that same, like, your job is so cool. You're literally discovering things that we can't see mm-hmm. and identifying it. And like, it's, it's so just, important. Mm-hmm. It is. It is.
1: Well, you know, and it's- and I'm glad to hear you say that because the the industry is being vilified in right. the media.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: and don't get me on my politics and don't start me down the road of climate. <laughs> so, uh, one thing as a geologist that you learn in school is you're studying the earth and you're studying the earth from the time it was formed up to where you are now. Right. Mm-hmm. So the earth has many different cycles and, it, and we're constantly going through cycles. Uh, the human lifespan, if you, if you look at the earth, the existence of the earth as a 24-hour clock, humans have been on the earth the last four seconds of the 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. So our perception right. and our, our understanding of the scale
0: mm-hmm.
1: of the earth and what it's gone through in four and a half billion years, yes.
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we've been around for four million years, uh, you know, that's kind of the scale that you're looking at. So for us to believe that, oh, my God, you know, 30 years ago it was this and 30 years from now it's going to be this is, is probably not correct. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. right. It's a matter of scale. Yeah. Just like anything
0: else.
2: Mm-hmm. Like
0: reading an eight point font or a 72 point font. Okay. <laughs>
2: right. So, wow.
0: Well, I know you brought some slides for us. I so, did. for all of our listeners, make sure if you have a chance, check out the YouTube video. We will be sure to stitch them in so you guys know what we're talking about as we go through some of them. Yeah. Let's.
1: Okay. So, so um, what I wanted to talk about is machine learning. And there's different kinds of machine learning. Um, uh, there is the kind where you have say a, you have an endpoint here and and you want to get to an endpoint here well this is your solution right this is your beginning and so you bounce back and forth with machine learning in an algorithm a mathematical algorithm until a machine learning agrees with your conclusion now that's not what i use i use a machine learning called self organizing maps okay, okay which the first kind of machine learning is what they call supervised. You're supervising how it's working along, and you make sure that it gets to your endpoint. Okay? Mm-hmm. What I'm using is called unsupervised. I don't know what's down on the ground. Right. <laughs> I want mm-hmm. the computer to come back and tell me what's down there. Right. People go in with preconceived ideas as to what Mother Nature has. Mm-hmm. And it's like solving a puzzle. Trying to figure out geology is like solving a huge puzzle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you're having to put all these pieces of information together in order to hit bingo, right. in order mm-hmm. to get that last piece in and see the jigsaw fully complete. So I use a form of machine learning called unsupervised where there are no constraints. It just, you, you send it down, you, you, you turn it loose on a three-dimensional seismic cube of the earth, and it comes back and tells you, here are all the patterns. What are you going to do with them? Right. Mm-hmm. So So the machine learning technology I'm using, I've been using for about... 12 years uh, it was started uh and and I think I have a red uh, well the red circles kind of moved a, re- a little bit but uh, self organizing maps is what that red circle is okay. supposed to be around of uh, what I what I focus on and and where I have found much success
0: okay
1: mm-hmm. um is was started kind of um by a gentleman by the name of Turi Tan uh by the name of Tuvo Cajonan. Mm-hmm. so that kind of explains when you're when you're when your clientele look at this they can look at the different kinds of machine learning that are out there. The self-organizing maps is the the best one in my mind when it's applied to seismic data. Okay. So if we go to the next slide. Okay, so a gentleman by the name of Dr. Tuvo Cajonan started playing around in the 80s with organizing information, okay, and doing it on the computer. Mm -hmm. So if you were to imagine, say you've got a file drawer and inside that file drawer is a bunch of folders. You have organized information into those folders that is similar. So all your electric bills are in one folder or all your water bills are in a folder or all your insurance payments are in a folder. So each folder contains similar information. Well, he started playing around with that um, back in the 80s and he went to the UN and he said, give me 39 different quality of life statistics, average age, average income, average education on 130 some odd countries around the world. And he wanted to try to organize all that information so that statistically he could see the countries. Mm-hmm. And, and so the next slide, and the mm-hmm. that, that first slide is the list of all the countries. So the next slide, and I have to thank uh, Dr. Tom Smith for this slide, is basically a picture of uh, what we call the topology or a a self-organized map, a 2D map, that's the map of all the colors. Mm -hmm. And then you see the map of the world. Mm -hmm. And the map of the world is the different colors correspond to the colors in the 2D color map. So you can see in yellow, that the U.S. and Canada have very similar statistical information about their population. And and so what I'm doing in the seismic world is I'm doing the same thing. I'm breaking the seismic information down into colors or patterns. Mm -hmm. And then I can turn on and turn off any of those patterns and see where in my seismic data those patterns exist. Mm -hmm. It's very simple, but it's very powerful to take. And you can do this in an Excel spreadsheet. Now, I don't know Excel well enough to put the mathematics together, <laughs> so I let the machine do it. Right. But it started out as basically an Excel spreadsheet. And now it's to where it's part of a huge algorithm in software, and you you say, read this information, do your magic to it, organize mm-hmm. the data, mm-hmm. and then give, give me another volume in color with all the data organized. Mm-hmm. So this next example um, I have is how we're breaking it down. Okay, so, so instead of looking, like I said earlier, the wiggle going this way and the wiggle going that way, we're breaking it down into very small time increments, which gives us statistically a lot more information about the subsurface.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the next slide. And we're looking at different ways of breaking down the signal. So these are called seismic attributes. And in 1979, they took the recording, the seismic recording, and they started splitting it out into different components. Kind of like, um, like taking a satellite picture and breaking it out into various um, frequencies or rays or colors. I mean, we're seeing, we're seeing the total color spectrum with our eyes, right. but we know we can break that color spectrum down into blues, greens, yellows, and oranges, right. and, mm-hmm. and then colors we can't see. Mm-hmm. The same thing happens in sound. Okay, you can you can you can have ultra high frequencies that you can't hear, but dogs Mm -hmm. can. Mm Right. Or then you have ultra low frequencies, which, you know, rattle your whole body when you hear them. Mm -hmm. So we're breaking down the sound signal into different components, different waves. Mm -hmm. And each one of those different components tells us a little something different in the Earth. So we call them seismic attributes. They're all split from the main seismic that was recorded but we're just breaking it into different frequencies and different signals. Mm-hmm. So this next slide uh, is when it comes back to us, it comes back to us in the form of color. And I've put a, I've put a wiggle trace or a seismic trace over it so you can see how much detail uh, we can see in the subsurface now that we couldn't see in the regular recording. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think this
1: first example
0: Ooh, at top
1: yeah. okay, is is the seismic, when we're, on our, when we're on our workstations, the orange and black, and people use different colors, but, but basically it's a range of orange, black, and white. That's what we interpret. That's what we've interpreted for the last 50, 60 mm-hmm. years, okay? Um, and, and we know that we can see hard rock and soft rock, but we can't see the details where, the, where, where there's a channel, what the bottom of the channel looks like, what the top of the channel looks like. We can't see all these different geologic features. Well, now with the machine learning, that's the same picture, just broken out into different statistical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A
2: lot more data. And so
1: so in in this particular example, I am tying to a well, and it's kind of hard to see from here, but there's a little red flag in the middle of that well where they perforated and produced oil. Mm -hmm. And that well made 400,000 barrels of oil in its lifetime. Wow. So a correct tie is to that yellow pattern, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. if you go to the next slide, I can go in now that it, the yellow so is actually I know. <laughs> fuchsia. <laughs> um, so so now I can go in just like the cojone example, and I can turn off all the patterns I'm not interested in, and just look at the pattern that I'm interested in. Then I can go through and say, oh that pattern produced at this well, that pattern produced at this well, that pattern produced at this well. It this well. Mm-hmm. And, oh, look, there's some patterns out here that have no wells in them. Mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. that's a good target. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's how I'm using the machine learning to help m- me and my clients right. find mm-hmm. oil and gas. Wow. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It, when you put it in color, it's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay?
2: It's really nice that you were, we were looking at this before and we were like, um, what, what does yeah, that mean? Like yeah. So it's nice hearing you explain it all.
1: Well, and and so here's a good example. This next example, you've all heard of the Eagleford. All the shale yeah. plays that are going mm-hmm. on, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in the main part of where the Eagleford produces, you have the what they call the Austin Chalk, and then you have the Eagleford Shale, and then below that they have what they call the Buddha Lime. So the Austin Chalk and the Buddha are those big, hard, pieces of earth that send a signal in one direction. It's called a peak. There are peak events. Mm-hmm. And, and the poor little eagle is wedged between those two formations. And so it ends up being the soft rock or the trough. Okay, And Where they're producing the Austin chalk, in, and again, it's in time, is, is about 30 milliseconds. So it's about 200 feet thick. Not very thick at all. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to drill wells for long distances, staying mm-hmm. in that little piece. Now, this, this slide is showing that the Austin chalk is broken out into six different layers, which are impossible to see right. in regular seismic. Mm-hmm. But now we can, we can break out the Austin chalk and we can see all six layers. Only the two darkest red layers in the middle are where most of the oil and gas comes in the Austin chalk. And so people can't normally see that. Right. But we can track it. So the next slide actually shows you everywhere in this map. And then we can go in with a client and calibrate their well information. We can show them where they missed the sweet spot completely. Right. Yeah. And they had a dry hole or a poor producer. Or where they have a really good producer because they their well stayed vertical in that sweet spot. Mm-hmm. So this becomes very important in the shale plays mm-hmm. as well. Which before we could just... See a trough, yeah. and that's it. We couldn't break it out into its components and know where the, where the juicy part is. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the next slide is really cool because here's a case where most of us would look at the seismic on the, on the, the left-hand side and just map right through that low spot. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's just a dip. That's just mm-hmm. a dip in the earth. Well, the right-hand slide is showing that that low spot actually is a channel cut and it's got different kind of rock filled inside of it. Right. Okay. So if you're drilling a horizontal well, that's called a geohazard. And you don't want to encounter that mm-hmm. because it'll mess that up your well. right there. Uh-huh. That, oh, wow. That would be called a geohazard. And we try to avoid that. What would happen if they... Well, it could mess up the well. It could mess up the, the mud system. I mean, they would get through it. But it's one of those things that you like to avoid if you don't, right. if you don't mm-hmm. have to drill.
2: More money but you couldn't to... see it. Yeah.
1: Right. You couldn't see it in the regular seismic. You right. wouldn't know that it's an in-size valley cut there. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, that's how we're applying the technology.
0: And that's it works so cool.
1: in, in limestones as well as it works in shales and sands. This next slide, I think, um, is an example. Yeah, that's an example. So here's what we've interpreted for years and years and years. This is the top of the Edwards Lime. okay? So the Edwards in Austin, Texas is the aquifer. Okay, That's mm-hmm. where, the, you know, you're driving through Austin, you're going around 360 on the, on the northeast side, or northwest side of Austin, and you say, entering Edwards Aquifer. Mm-hmm. Well, at 15,000 feet, which is where this picture is taken from, it's, um, it carries gas. Huh. And, and so this is, this is a line that three, three wells have been drilled into this, into this Edwards Lime. Um. One in the 60s, one in the 70s, and one in the 80s. Two of the wells found good gas shows. Mm -hmm. But in the 70s and 80s, they weren't interested in natural gas because the price was so cheap. They were looking for oil.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they ended
1: up plugging the wells because even though they had good gas shows. And then one well that was drilled in the 70s um, couldn't find anything. I mean, they they didn't even have a whiff of gas. Mm -hmm. So how do you... Tell where the reservoir is and where it's not when you just have one big orange line to look at, yeah, right. right? Okay, yeah. Slide next slide. Okay,
0: so wow, the, the machine learning—it's <laughs> so much more.
1: <laughs> well, what the machine learning does, and and what's important here is you've got a big deep rock that's full of gas, and that rock is at fifteen thousand feet below the surface of the earth, and it's a limestone, so it's fractured. Mm-hmm. Okay. And over time, a little bit of that gas escapes into the rock above it. Mm -hmm. So what the machine learning is designed to do is look for subtle changes in rock properties of the subsurface. And you can see I've highlighted kind of a blue area there. Mm -hmm. Okay. That is a signal where the gas has escaped into the shale above the Edwards. Wow. So everywhere you see that blue, it's being charged from that pressured gas below it in Mm -hmm. the rock. So the next slide will actually show you all three wells, and where the blue is is where you've got good porosity and good reservoir, mm-hmm. and they where the dry hole it. is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the next slide after that. I it, feel
2: like that would be very frustrating, as the right? whoever drilled that, like you're just off. Yeah, just well, gonna, you're just gonna you're smidge. gonna find out how just
1: <laughs> off. Okay. So here's here's a, a what they, what we call a dip line. This is the Edwards, it's a reef. It's actually an old buried reef. Wow. And that's why the structure looks like that. Mm-hmm. So if you look at where that well is drilled in conventional seismic, you can't see why it was a dry hole. But if you look at the blue and green, and that well is not in the blue or green, it, that's where it was tight. Okay? It's in kind of an orangey yellowy stuff, right? Mm-hmm. If they had moved that well 400 feet north, <laughs> They would have had a discovery
2: i feel oh, like wow. i would throw i know i'd be done 400
1: feet well <laughs> mm-hmm. they didn't even have the 3d in this area right. when they mm-hmm. drilled those wells. yeah mm-hmm. this 3d was shot in the mid 90s right. okay so the next slide okay so this is the this is the major oil company well that was drilled in the 60s It had all the shows okay mm-hmm. but in the 60s gas was really cheap and they didn't they were looking for oil they didn't want right. gas mm-hmm. so they walked away from this well if they had drilled 400 feet south, they would have missed it entirely.
2: Wow. So
1: here you have a dry hole that missed it by 400 feet. Here you have a well that had good shows that mm-hmm. missed being a dry hole by 400 feet. It was right.
2: real wildcat oh, wow. in back then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, but that's just to show you how the technology has mm-hmm. changed the way we interpret what's yeah. in the subsurface. Yeah.
0: yeah. Do it, you feel like the majority of companies nowadays are, are using machine learning? No. No, really. (laughs) How are they not? Yeah. Well, I ask that myself that question all the time.
1: Which, as a consultant, is one reason why I stay really busy. Right. Because because when companies see what this can do for them, Mm -hmm. then they say, "Well, I don't want to take the time to learn how to do it. I'll just get Deborah." Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I stay. I mean, I've got. got, (laughs) Well, it's good for me. Except you know, as I'm getting older, maybe not work work as much. Mm-hmm. Um but but I have a I have a huge backlog of clientele right. that, that have me doing this, especially the little guys. Maybe they only have one or two three Ds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now the big companies, Shells, Exxons, they have research departments. Right. And I'm sure they have something similar mm-hmm. that they're working mm-hmm. on in their research departments. Mm-hmm. But what I found over the years with the big companies is that a lot of time it never makes it out of research into the hands of people who could actually use it. Right. Wow. They, they, because it's their... gatekeeping.
0: Their gatekeeping. Yeah. It's, yeah. Their, it's
1: their little. It's their little world. So mm-hmm. anyway, and I think there's one more example in here where now we have machine learning that can automatically pick breaks in the earth. We call them faults. Huh. And around salt domes, salt domes are the slow growth and pushing up of salt into rock. And as it pushes through, as it pushes its way through the rock, it fractures the rock, tends to be a radial-type pattern mm-hmm. around the top mm-hmm. of the dome. So we can use machine learning instead of hand-picking all the faults, which you know compartmentalizes the, the oil and gas. Mm-hmm. Different fault blocks may have oil and gas at different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, now we can do, let the machine do it. And the next slide shows an example of, this is a project I got, and, and a. Consultant had worked on it for years, picking, handpicking all the breaks in the earth that he saw. Wow. And and he had he gave me the project that had 280 different handpicked breaks of the earth. Okay. Wow. Hundreds of man hours to do that. Of course mm-hmm. he's being paid by the hour, so it probably didn't bother him at all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was able to do the same work in four hours on my machine by letting the machine do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's amazing. So that's just an example
0: wow. of, of what, how I'm using this to find oil and gas. I feel like mm-hmm. this is going to be a loaded question. But as we wrap up, I think I definitely want to know, obviously, it's, it's come a long way over the last few years. So next five to 10 years, where do you see this even, you know, progressing even further?
1: Well, of course, now we have four-dimensional seismic. Okay. What does that even mean? Okay, so. What's the fourth dimension? <laughs> well, time is the fourth dimension. Okay, so so you have you 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 put your recording devices out over a big field that you've discovered and you're producing from this field and you just leave the recording devices out there. And every six months or so, you shoot a brand new 3D. And so over time, you can see the depletion of the oil and gas from the rocks. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So that's four dimensional. And I think that'll come into play more. For sure. And certainly I, th- I see advances in the machine learning aspect to where it becomes a household name. Right. I mean, yeah. it took a long time for people to get used to going from 2D to 3D, mm-hmm. mainly because of cost and, and technology. But, but now the technology for recording and, and processing and getting it into your hands, that's all gotten cheaper mm-hmm. and faster. Mm-hmm. So the same thing is going to happen with the machine learning and AI. I think, I think that's, that's the, our next revolution. Like I said earlier, the easy stuff has been found.
0: Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm.
1: And so we, if we're going to keep on finding oil and gas and keeping the earth sustained in energy, um, then we're going to have to use better and better
2: tools.
0: For yep. sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. So ah. we always end each episode with three rapid-fire questions. Misty,
2: mm-hmm. you want to sure. take away? Sure. Um, what, in your opinion... Is the biggest misconception in the energy industry. Ooh, that, is
1: loaded, lo- that is a lot of question. Um, and you know, uh, I think the biggest misconception in the energy industry is that we're destroying the Earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you look at the lithium mines and the cobalt mines and the rare earth minerals that they're digging up and and creating these huge cuts in the Earth to get mineral to get rare earth minerals to make batteries and using EV. slave labor for that? I didn't want to get in there. <laughs> <but yeah. laughs> and you look at you look at that compared to drilling one natural gas well. And one good natural gas well can supply all the electricity that it would take to run 10,000 cars or 20,000 cars or more. Mm-hmm. So, I think the idea that we're ravaging and pillaging
2: the earth is not being translated very well, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I think there needs to be more education around mm-hmm. where Absolutely. batteries are coming. Mm-hmm. Right, right,
0: one hundred percent. Well, one of
1: the things that scares me is that we don't have enough students that are in STEM systems. We don't have enough math. We don't have enough science being taught in the schools. And for a long time, geology or earth science was part of the curriculum. It's been mm-hmm. removed. Mm-hmm. So That's now, great. really, wow. yeah. So except in a few schools, wow. a few districts. So, so. Kids don't have a chance to learn about the Earth and what goes on below it, mm-hmm. so they don't have an appreciation right, for right. what we're doing. Right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. sad. Mm-hmm. It is sad. <laughs> um, why should people care about energy? Well, I mean, it's it keeps us alive, right? Run. <laughs> most <laughs> right? Most importantly, yeah. most importantly. We
1: would be dragging knuckles in the sand and, you know, hoping lightning would strike a forest fire so that we could cook some meat. I mean. Spearing mm-hmm. any
2: right. animal. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I'm a hunter, so. I, uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, I mean, energy is. And, and, and here's another misconception. People don't understand that everything that they use mm-hmm. comes in some way or form from petroleum. Mm-hmm. We
0: talk about to it to the, all the time. To the mascara mm-hmm.
1: you put on your eyelashes. Yeah. the mm-hmm. lipstick. To, you know, the plastic that makes up the frames on your glasses. If you took away all the petroleum products, you would be dragging your knuckles in the sand. Right. Mm -hmm. But naked.
0: (laughs) Right? (laughs) Because you wouldn't have clothes. That's it. (laughs) it. The third one is the fun one.
2: (laughs) Yes. Um, In your career, what is the most embarrassing story? Or what is your most embarrassing story? Oh. Well, I try not to
1: embarrass myself. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Trying to think, you know, uh, forty-seven years in the industry, uh, I've had some embarrassing moments. That's for darn sure. I, I think um, I was giving a presentation one time and said a very bad word <laughs> 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 because something went wrong with the projection system. Back in the days when we had little slides, yeah. yeah, we had a carousel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. they get stuck or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's a time presentation, and you're trying to get through everything. And sometimes just bad things slip out. Uh Uh-huh. I get it. it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I get it. You know, we couldn't
2: edit live programming. Right. Right. (laughs) Exactly. That's funny. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was honestly so- So knowledgeable. Informative. And I feel like I I learned so much and can now look at your slides and be like, okay, that makes sense now. Mm -hmm. I love that. We should have recorded ourselves. Trying to look at that. <laughs> <with the surprise. laughs> <did> we, <laughs> we definitely should have. It was bad. maybe we should record Jules <laughs> yeah. looking at it through Chris. <laughs> well everyone well in now our that you look at left. it,
1: then you can see what's going on. There's mm-hmm. one more slide we didn't get to. Oh. But but so I oh, take wow. I take I take the fault information mm-hmm. and I can combine it with the other attributes to see faulting and in one in one swoop. Mm-hmm. So now I can see this the stratigraphic layers. Along with where the earth is broken,
0: that's insane.
1: That is. So now that you cool. understand how the slides yeah. work, then you can you can go over and look at them and see. Yeah, yeah, so.
2: yeah, that's awesome. Um, where can people find you if they want to learn more or connect I, with you? LinkedIn?
1: Well, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, that's kind of how I found you guys actually, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I've had the same email, can believe it or not, for <laughs> thirty years. Uh, it's D Sacry S A C R E Y at Auburnenergy.com. All we can put word. that in the mm-hmm. show notes. We will. All yeah. Yeah. So people can find I don't like texting. You know, I'm still the old fashioned kind. That's okay. I don't mm-hmm. wear my thumbs out. <laughs> um, but but certainly email, I, well, I respond to very well.
0: Great. Okay. Thank you
1: awesome. again. You're welcome. Yes, thank come you. back to us anytime. Absolutely. Well, you just tell me what ne- next topic you want and, yeah. and I'll yeah. come yeah. up yeah. with something.
2: We will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need to get you on the, uh, what's it called? Energy Bites. Yeah. That would be a good data one. Yeah. All right, like and subscribe.